gentlemen, boys and girls, turn all you just welcome to the episode of Tommy Talk. My name is Juan. This is my co-partner Anthony. This is a judo podcast for judo players by two judo players. So, Anthony, how you feeling? I see you're still alive. You doing okay? Right now, I'm feeling fine. Yeah. Uh, I think last episode I mentioned how I got COVID, and mm-hmm. I've been having some uh, lingering symptoms, basically, um, that come and go. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been affecting my work actually. So I would have to lay down uh, throughout the day, and then obviously judo. Like, I've, there's some breathing problems too, but that that could have just be related to my asthma. Like every time I get sick, it takes a while for it to get better. But today I felt fine. Um, I actually wanted to stay for Rondori after we talked class today, but I had to yeah. run a bunch of errands for our barbecue tomorrow. And good thing I didn't stay because I went to BJJ yesterday, mm-hmm. and I actually went pretty hard because um my i guess uh, i guess the head instructor there he hasn't shown up in a while i guess because i I heard he went to the police academy so Hmm. i haven't seen him in like eight well before before last week um i haven't seen him in like eight months basically Mm -hmm. i did see him like come and go sometimes like when i'm coming into the class he's leaving kind of thing but um I haven't basically seen him in eight months and he was like, Oh, you still come here? Like he thought I <laughs> he thought I quit. I'm like, Yeah, I just only come to the afternoon class. But anyway, he was there, so uh we went pretty hard. Like he was like <laughs> crushing me and stuff, but um it was humbling. But yeah, it was nice to be able to train with him again and have him teach class. But um yeah, so after afterwards i as i was shopping driving back i was like my body started aching i'm like man good thing i didn't go to rondo race today <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah just i had time I, to build back to it yeah i couldn't stay for rondo either today like i was there and i did like one round and i checked my phone because i get emails and messages mm-hmm. the day because of all the stuff that i have to watch over and i got an important message i like oh shit i gotta leave right now so i didn't get say bye to anybody i just had to get my stuff and go because that emergency happened so it happens some weeks you get to train some weeks you don't but i got some extra training this week i went to catch so that was kind of fun yeah but i think i, I don't know if i mentioned it, i lost like 15 pounds from from between the trip and covid i lost like 15 mm-hmm. pounds so i definitely was feeling off but um i don't you love it when you come back from a holiday and then you have to slowly build back up the stamina so and the intensity no. of training <laughs> no I, I don't like that no i don't like that at all it was it was sarcasm. Not a fun part. it was sarcasm, sarcasm. <laughs> for all of our, for all our listeners anthony's being sarcastic right now <laughs> all right so um so our last episode we talked about certain things and we had a viewer question why don't we start yeah, why don't Which we start with a why don't we start with a question of whether I quit BJJ? Because I actually got like it was just like literally a few hours before this episode. I uh-huh. got two messages uh from two different people asking me if I quit BJJ. And I think they were listening to one of the old episodes where I mentioned I'm thinking about it, um mm-hmm. thinking about quitting. But the answer is no, clearly, because I just said I went to BJJ <laughs> uh yesterday. But the the answer is no. But I did reprioritize um, its uh, what do you call it? Its status in my priorities. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to lift weights, uh, run, train judo, uh, and go to. I literally train like at least at least once or twice a day, basically, of some something like either as jujitsu, judo, or whatever. And Sundays included. This is before COVID. But now with the way that my work schedule is and just like I have other stuff I want to I want to prioritize, like like I said, learning guitar and Japanese. Mm-hmm. 
and then also what I talked about how, especially with the ecological approach uh, question uh, thing we talked about, um, I'm reprioritizing it to, okay, I'm not going to drag my ass to BJJ when I'm sore as hell, or if I'm, I have a lot of work to do. I'm not going to stay up. I'm not going to go to BJJ, come back home and stay up late work until like one or two in the morning to make up for it. So mm-hmm. I'm no longer doing that basically. So I'll be like, okay, I have a lot of work to do. I'm not going to do, go to BJJ today, or I'm really sore and I want to go judo the day after. So I'm not going to go to BJJ today. So mm-hmm. I think in the last two weeks, I went three, a total of three times, which is still pretty good, I think, but it's going to be on and off. It's because this last two weeks uh, has been kind of quiet at work. So mm-hmm. um, that that's basically what it's going to be like going forward is, BJJ is pretty low on the my priority basically in life um, right now, and it's funny that I, after I decided that, um, uh, we don't know so, yet. We don't know. We, we don't know what's gonna happen. Uh, he he basically confirmed it yesterday when we went to oh, class. Okay. I'm gonna I'm, okay. I'm supposed to get the blue belt. I I guess like you said promotion because he was like, oh, Yay. I didn't know you still come here. And then I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I just come to the afternoon classes. That's why I don't see you. And mm-hmm. it's funny because my last. Uh, jiu-jitsu club i was there for two years and i didn't get a single stripe because i never showed mm-hmm. up to the same class that the professor shows up at um mm-hmm. so now i'm i think i'm going to be a five-year four and a half five-year white belt that's getting a blue belt um <laughs> yeah so it's just interesting that after i reprioritize it i'm going to be getting a promotion but um but it, it's all right like i'm just showing up to practice my nawaza and um i do feel like i'm getting better uh even though I'm still bad on the ground, um, there's some habits I have to break, and I'm not talking about turtling, by the way. So, which is interesting because we're going to talk about turtling again later. Um, about we? the about the tournament, about the tournament. Oh, okay, yeah. about the tournament. Okay, yeah. All right. So that's one viewer question. Yes, Anthony is staying in the BJJ. He is keeping doing the jits. All right. So don't worry. You guys haven't lost him. He's still in your guys' system. All right. <laughs> uh, we had another viewer question ask us about the NFTs and about mm-hmm. uh, the about the um, judo TV and stuff. And I was trying to help somebody. I was trying to help them out with their thing. But from there, you got another question from there. So, Anthony, can you read the question we got? Yeah. Uh, so about the judo TV thing, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know what Juan said to you, but I personally can't help because I, my thing is still active until July. So I didn't get to see any of the menu options that you guys have about uh, the subscription options. So I'll, my subscription ends in July, which I'll talk about later, but yeah, um, it ends in July. I found out, I went back and checked if you listened to last episode. So mm-hmm. after it expires, I'll be able to see what you guys are seeing. So um, there's that. And then the uh, actual question is, have you guys also considered inviting some judokas every now and then to speak about their experiences, et cetera? So I don't know what he means by, or he, they, he, she means by judoka, Cause we've had like, I mean, Johnny's a judoka, but, mm. uh, uh, Richard's a judoka, uh, Ajax is a judoka, Dave is a judoka, Scotty's a judoka, um, Carrie's a judoka. Like, I, I, I don't know if they're talking about like Jimmy Pedro, Travis Stevens, like the white belt that I taught today that, that promoted it at like, we've had judokas, but if your question is pertaining to, um, like famous judokas i think we answered this before like jimmy pedro uh travis stevens uh kayla harrison and what, what was um roddy ferguson like th- those kind of people it's because 
if you type their name into Google and podcast or interview, there's already so many interviews out there of them. And I, I personally have listened to like 90% of them. So, and to be honest, they all ask the same question. Like, what was it like to win the bronze, uh, this, that, that, that. And, um, what, what do you think about BJJ? Like, do you think, uh, this throw is good for BJJ? Do you think judo can ever catch up to BJJ? Like it's all the same kind of question. So I personally don't want to in, um, invite someone just cause they're famous when I don't even have like good questions to ask them. Um, mm. and we, we did get a couple of requests, but, um, how do you say it? Maybe I shouldn't say it, huh? Yeah, I'll leave, I'll leave no. it at that. Babe. Well, I'll get it with some of the requests that we get. So sometimes we do get requests uh, from people's managers, people that are like helping people's uh, careers that are up yeah. and coming judo players. And for us, like we want to talk, it's kind of sound kind of weird, but we kind of talk to people like after the careers are done, Mm-hmm. because we want to talk about like how judo helped their lives or with how judo's what they're still doing in judo. Mm-hmm. We feel that if we interview someone that's too young, like a teenager, someone's in a cadets or the juniors, even someone asked us or someone that's just starting out going to international, we don't want to put all that pressure on them of like, Oh, I got to start doing media and stuff like that. We don't want to put pressure on people yet. We want you to still enjoy it and do well out there. And it's how I feel is that if we start interviewing some of these young members and young people out there, we put extra pressure on them to do well. And I don't want that. I don't want to put pressure on them on do the best they can. Yeah. I, I, I won't say uh, which episodes they were, but there were some episodes where we were asked to interview those people just mm-hmm. as a favor kind of thing. And um, I wouldn't say as a favor. I'm, I'm going to get like so much people misunderstanding <laughs> again. Um, it, it, we basically... We, we, we both had a split opinion on whether we should do the interview, basically. And it was easier for us to just do the interview. Uh, you might, it's actually kind of obvious because it's actually the less popular view. Like the, the episodes, those episodes, those interviews didn't do that well. Um, mm. And I'm not, again, I'm leaving it up to you to figure out which ones they are. But uh, <laughs> it's usually for them to sell something, right? Mm. And... I guess in a way you can say it was a mutual benefit kind of thing. Like they're advertising their program or this and that. And I, I, I'm going to say it right off the bat. It's not the blind judo program uh, interview. It's definitely not stuff like that. Cause I, I personally love that kind of stuff. So for me, I, I, I enjoyed spreading the word about that, but um, other times it's kind of like, I know that they're trying to advertise something that's not going to work out kind of basis. So, um, and we've, we actually, we accepted going back on that again. And this isn't criticism. Nobody mm-hmm. happens. I understand life happens. Stuff happens. We've, we've agreed to interview certain people and then they've fallen out or fallen through. And yeah. I get it. We're not a huge podcast. Okay. Well, yeah. very so it's like, do I want, yeah, do I want to <laughs> skip the next training camp next week to like do an interview <laughs> with this podcast that gets like 400 views basically well, yeah. hun- like a hundred and something views on average on YouTube and like what 400 on listening on the podcast yeah. audio version. So it's like, yeah, I, I understand, but still like that's what, that's the reason I don't want to do it. So that there's that. And then there's also, the fact I don't want to, like I already said, I don't want to copy what everyone else is doing. So we want to do stuff from a view perspective of um, recreational. Like we're not, we're both not going to the Olympics. We both both don't have a super high, um, we're not world champions. We're not like national champ. Well, you, you are, you were a uh, master's national champion, but 
Um, yeah, so we want to see things from talk about things from our perspective, like us normal human beings, which I think uh, is more uh, relatable to people, even though it's not always what people want to listen to. People always want to listen to like, I guess, like Cinderella stories kind of thing, <laughs> you know, like success stories, how I broke my neck, but I was still able to win this tournament. And I'm like, okay, is that something you want to relate to? Cause I don't, <laughs> I, I personally <laughs> don't want to relate to that, but um, yeah. So yeah. But with all that excuses right there, we are open to doing interviews with people. It just has to yeah. be the right time. There's be the right moment, the right, not the right moment, but it has to be like the right time for the interview for the person. Yeah. Okay. Because I said, I don't like putting in, I don't like interviewing kids. I don't like interviewing teenagers. I'm not really inter interested unless they really want to an up and comer. I don't want to put pressure on people. That's my thing. Yeah. Like we, we interviewed uh, Liana, right? From um, mm -hmm. uh, Paralympic um, mm -hmm. blind judo. Like that was an interesting perspective. How often do you see people interviewing blind, blind judokas, right? Yeah. Um, and get to see things from their perspective. So that's something I thought was really um, interesting to do. And um, one thing I talked about that we haven't done yet, because again, you got to keep in mind there, me and Juan, like only our time to, it's hard to schedule time to do this. Now we got to interview someone else and schedule time with them too. And then especially if they're not West Coast, there's a time difference too. So especially if they're um, in the US. <laughs> yeah. Or if they're not in the US. So that's a little difficult. And um I, we don't make money from the podcast. We don't even play ads. So Dave Roman says he can afford a cheeseburger. I we can't even afford like a soda. So <laughs> <laughs> we can't afford anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're not gonna change our schedules around just to have someone sell their stuff to you, you know. And um what was I going to say? Uh, oh, right. One of the interviews, the things that I wanted, I wanted to do was actually interview uh, small dojo owners and people who started programs uh, from scratch. And I've, I already named a couple of names. I'm not going to name it again because um, I don't want to say it again and then like not follow through. And then, yeah, basically I've just been busy. But that's something that I think um, would be interesting is because... Um, Every t this is another thing reason why I don't want to interview popular people because it's like people interview Travis Stevens and he's talking about how he can open a dojo, you got charge more, blah blah blah, and it's like yeah, but you're tra you're Travis Stevens, you know, like mm. Juan over here can't open a dojo in New York City next to Shintaro. Like imagine you opening a dojo right in. in why would and, I do that? That's like the dumbest. I know. Like, imagine ever. you opening a dojo in New York City next to like Shintaro's, like and Encanos and all that stuff, or opening it like next to um ten. I don't know, like opening it next to some, but where it's a crowded space and you're charging three hundred dollars a month, mm -hmm. right? It's like who the hell is Juan Rodriguez? Like, what, what do you mean? Who I'm the co-host of the Tommy Talk? <laughs> so I think it's more interesting to get a um insight into people who you've never heard of that art that we're able to succeed um without doing shady stuff so uh, as far as we know man anthony you're always just making enemies for us yeah. aren't you <laughs> and you want and that's kind of a good part because people do go say hi to anthony and stuff they still don't say hi to me really for some reason <laughs> they love yeah. anthony so go ahead take all that heat anthony take it all please please do yeah uh one more thing about interviews is um yeah, I won't say it. Never mind. Like, I, I'm getting, I'm going to make it a lot of enemies, but um, let's just say it's very clear. Back, it's again those episodes that I talked about that um, 
we didn't really want 100% on board or we we had a divided opinion on it. I say we, you. No, we both had it. You sometimes I want to do it, you don't want to do it. Sometimes you want to do it, I don't want to do it. But um we're, it's like a marriage, you know, like we compromise. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's a family togetherness. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I know for a fact that people are answering the questions in a way that is half truthful. Does that make sense? Like it's for mm-hmm. show. So yeah, yeah. So again, it's like wow, that guy actually does this. Like does that? Like yeah, it's like no. <laughs> Uh, well, what's a good example? Like we've heard people not on, not in the interviews, but we've heard people say like, "Oh yeah, I was national champion once or three times," and then you find out they were like a junior national, like when they were like seven mm-hmm. or eight or something yeah. in some country. They were like, "Yeah, we know a couple people like that," and then like, like they they skipped out the details or they exactly yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. Um, and I'll I'll shut up now before I say even more stuff that will get us in trouble. <laughs> What yeah, now? We're never going to get sponsors and uh, <laughs> famous well, people on the show. <laughs> the more you talk, the more I just see the sponsorship money just fly away from us. Like we are never going to make money off this. We will never be able to afford cheeseburgers with this. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> just like we'll never get anything because he hates NordVPN. He doesn't play uh, video games on his phone. He's not. What's that? We don't get a Candy Crush subscription or what's no. that other one? Uh, League of Legends or something. League I don't of know. Legends. Yeah, I hate, I hate League of Legends. So look at this guy again. <laughs> So with that, it's a great question. This is we just read it because, you know, we probably talked about this a long time ago, like maybe episode 25 or 50 already. And we're on episode 81. Mm-hmm. This is, I believe. So, yeah. yeah, you may have not heard it, you know, or you may have heard it, but then forgot it because we've been doing this. This is our third year at this. So, mm-hmm. you know, third year. That's that's crazy. Three years of doing this. So, yeah. And also the the truth is like the, you already mentioned, it, but the truth is basically not many people want to be interviewed by us unless we explicitly ask. So. Yeah, yeah, we're not that famous yeah. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> but with that, let's get to some judo news now. All right. So some stuff is happening in judo world. So we talked about last episode, we did a little rundown about what happened at the world championships. We gave our thoughts on it, what was happening, what was going on, how it was run, all stuff. So something that happened that was very interesting. And we talked about referees not making calls or make the right calls or just make the call, you know, was that when Teddy Reiner was in the finals for gold, he fought... um. Inalev, that, that, that's how you say his last name? I think it was Tasoev, yeah. Yeah, Tasoev, that's how you say his last name. So, ta, um, And he fights for, um, or he he's one of Russia? those like no country. I think he's Russia, Russia but he's one, it has to be like yeah, those no, no country. Because, no country because no of country. the sanctions, yeah. Yeah, he's one of those no country guys. It's for, because he's a country that, no, I don't from, about it, from uh, IJF. <laughs> yeah, some shady, uh, some shady stuff. All right. So during the finals, and I don't know what minute it was or how far it was, but um, uh, Inal, Inal, that's how you say his first name, I believe. I'm not sure. Not 100%. So he gets some and he does that. Um, not, oh God, it's like the judo, it's like the judo tilt. It's the, um, it's, su- the, it's, it's Sukuinage. It's, it's basically Sukurinage. Yeah, yeah Sukurinage. He does Sukurinage, a good Sukurinage. Okay, not like some ugly one or anything. It's a really good Sukurinage forcing Reiner to his back, to his side, into his back. Mm, it should have been called that's, what, that's where That's where I disagree. I, yeah, I know. That's where he disagrees. To me, <laughs> I think it should have been Wazadi. Okay, that's my opinion. The refs gave nothing. The side refs gave nothing. The video refs gave nothing. They continued. Okay. Of course, people in the stands are mad because it looked like a throw. Okay. And I've seen some videos of it because I was doing research on this when this came out. 
to me, it looked like a throw for some of the angles. All right. Which the video rest and they always talk about the video rest, let the video rest do your job and call it. They continued. It was called nothing. They continued. Teddy then threw him with, um, Teddy threw him to his side. It was something. I don't remember what it was. I don't know what the throw was, but I know he landed on his side and he got the Wazadi and he he won the match. So Teddy Ryan became the 12 time world champion now. Mm -hmm. Well, the IGF came out on, what was it like Wednesday or something? It was like, it was immediately following the, okay. Before we continue, we're not going to discuss whether it's a score or no score. Okay. Cause we already Mm -hmm. talked about that before. I think it's not a score. You think it's a score. Um, I all I'll say is if you think that's a score, go watch the IJF uh, European Judo Union referee seminar where they go through a bunch mm-hmm. of these scenarios, and it's very yeah. like there were a couple scenarios where they they say there's not enough control in this to be counted as a throw. Um, so that's my opinion on it. Um, but you think it's a do you think it's a score? So I thought um, it was a clean. Th- I thought it was a clean throw personally. I thought it was an, I thought it was a good reversal. I think, he lost, I think he lost control. Uh, he just mm-hmm. kind of, yeah, I think this was, I think this would have been a score like two, three years ago. But anyway, let's go. We're talking about a response, the IGF's the response way that they it, responded yes. to it. So th- immediately after the tournament, they had like a, a session at the end with the head rules guy that was runs the IGF referee seminars. And he basically justified why it's a throw, uh, why it wasn't a score because it was not an identifiable technique, which mm-hmm. is like, come on, like think about it from, from <laughs> two, from two perspectives, right? Okay. Let's say it wasn't a score, right? If it wasn't a score, that was not the, that was not the reason it wasn't a score. The reason it wasn't a score was cause there was no control. That like that was that was the be- that was a better reason for you to use, and then let's mm-hmm. say there it was a score, then why would you lie about it? Like there there's there's just a better way of justifying it, you know? Like mm-hmm. it 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 just totally blew my mind that that was the that was the reasoning they used. Um, yeah. go ahead. No, I was gonna say well. Just to get to the point of what we're talking about is that if you heard or didn't hear, because it's going to be out for over a week now by the time mm-hmm. this episode comes out, but it's, it's a big talk, it's a big topic. A lot of people are talking about it. So the I just decided that in review of the tape, looking at it again, Putin calling, I'm not saying he did, Putin calling, um, that they decided <laughs> to make him to declare that it should have been a score. You skipped the skip step. You skipped the step. What, what step did I skip? They said it might have been a score. Afterwards. Oh, the might have part. Oh, yeah. oh my bad. They, the they reviewed part. it okay. and it said it might have been. It might have been a score. Like, what the hell does that mean? Like, <laughs> it could have been a score. And then a couple of days after, they're like, okay, it was a score. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's just a chain of like incompetence, right? Um, not incompetence. Not incompetence. It's just verification. It is verifying I, what happened. So why couldn't you verify? So whoever the hell was was uh deciding this stuff why wasn't he reviewing the var and on there right um, oh no <laughs> well so they 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 basically said it might have been a score and then said it's it, it is a score and then now it's saying now they're saying we apologize and now we have double gold medals so yeah so that's the craziest happened that's the crazy i don't know if he's getting a gold medal or not can get in the mail so they're saying that it possibly was a score it was a score blah blah, blah. yeah you, you want to know what we messed up we have two 
count it two, one, two, each oh knee, <laughs> two heavyweight champions for 2023 heavyweight division. So Teddy Reiner still got his 12 year and Inal got, Inal got his first world championships like a month later. Okay. I, I, I can't, um, <laughs> what do you say? I can't express enough how messed up that whole chain of events are from the beginning of what I said to like that. It's just like, how do you mess? How do you mess up so bad? You know, you know, you ever have that little hole and then like you try and fix it and it gets bigger and then you try and patch <laughs> it, you do something even worse to make it worse, you know, instead of just leaving it like, yeah. No, no, it's like when you, you spear some grape juice on like a white carpet, and you're like, oh, I got to get so you start start scrubbing it, it gets bigger and you're scrubbing yeah. some more, it gets bigger, scrubbing some more. And it's like it's oh faded a little bit, but it's gotten bigger still. <laughs> I mean, so. the only the only other time I I remember of that happening, like double gold uh, was yeah. um that that all Japan <laughs> tournament, the weight was it all Japan weight class tournament. I, th I think so. The Kodokan Cup. Um, mm. where the Osaikomi thing was messed up, they messed up the call, and then the oh. guy lost the position, so they couldn't revert back to that position. So mm. when at the end they messed up, they're like, okay, it's only fair to give give gold to both people in the end. So mm -hmm. that I understand, right? Because they they messed up a thing on the Osaikomi, and remember this whole event messed up. This is the whole reason that event is now only that event. Weirdly enough, you now have to wear a blue and white gi. Because yeah. the blue and white gi was blending together, so the white gis were blending together, and they could not um, tell a difference between the positions on Osakomi. Mm -hmm. The identity so, of which was on which side, yeah, yeah. So that that I could see, right, uh, giving them double gold. But in this case, it was you either messed up this call or you didn't. And if you did mess up the call, it's already too late. Because remember, mm -hmm. all the IJF seminar rules and the coaching rule uh, seminars we've been to, they're like, once both athletes step off the mat, you can't you can't like it's done even if it's yeah it's supposed to be yes, yes. and now here it's like it's funny because it happened at a local level where we got asked for a rematch a couple of times after we both step off the mat and then mm -hmm. now at the igf level it's like what the hell <laughs> so <laughs> um i think it would have been fair for them to just if, if they really wanted to like fix it up after that uh first three mess ups where they say okay it's actually a score Mm -hmm. just have them fight again <laughs> that, that would only well, be it fair. brings up it brings up more questions like okay so if they got double gold should we bring back the two bronze medalists have them fight it out for second then yeah it, it, it's just that, this is why it's so <laughs> stupid right it, it is yeah. so freaking stupid um <laughs> I, I i just have no words for how stupid this whole situation is um and then it's like, okay, what about all those other times you messed up the calls? Like back in 2000, mm -hmm. if you guys remember Shinohara, Uchimata Tsukashi Dulet, and there was a wrong call. Clear, uh, They never admitted it was a wrong call, by the way. It was a wrong call to give the gold to Dulet, and Shinohara got silver. Okay, are you going to give Shinohara his gold now? What about mm -hmm. that girl that Dari Beloded did the double hair pull on? Like, what about that? <laughs> like, what about Mariyama versus Abe? Those shitty ass Shido calls. Hey, <laughs> like, that was the right call. Okay, I don't know what you're talking about. That was the right call right there. Someone owes me a six pack. It's just still. like, okay, so why Why was it? What, now they have to explain why was it this match? Like, to undo all the fuck ups, they have to, they should come out and explain why was this match the one that they did all this for? Mm -hmm. Right, because otherwise it's just yeah. like I, I know Dave Roman and you were just said it like Putin called like <laughs> I know you yeah. I know you're kidding, but like 
geez, like it does it does make it seem like that way. If you if you it's like all of a sudden this thing happened, you know, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's my yeah, so, I don't I don't know. So that's a big thing that's happening in judo news right now. You probably heard about it already, you probably have your own opinion, but if you don't know, now you know. That's right? why I don't stay up watching this crap anymore. <laughs> why I don't I'm not gonna pay for the judo TV thing when it renews. So so sad. So sad. So in some other interesting judo news, uh, the I was it the IGF or it was the European Judo Union released mm-hmm. their referees test online for yeah. you to take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. So if you want to test how good you are and see if you deserve that pocket patch to take the. So is it the um, what which it's the European Union judo is union. It their webs judo union? Yeah, I think it's on, on their website. website? Yeah, I'll, okay, I'll, so on, I'll post a link in the description if it's still up. Yeah. So. Yeah, so, so if you want EJU to test your skill. that referee online test. Yep. Mm-hmm. So what do they have on it? Have you taken it yet or looked at it? I haven't it? taken it yet because I have been busy and sick. So I, I didn't mm-hmm. want to take it while I'm, I'm like coughing, sneezing, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff or have a headache. So, I mean, I wouldn't go referee if I didn't, wasn't feeling that well. Why would I go take a referee test when I'm not feeling well? You know, and after after <laughs> you see the questions, then it, it kind of ruins the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I wanted to take it while I, I, I had time to sit down and like look at it slowly. Mm-hmm. So, well, this is interesting because this can let you see what they're being asked, what's required of them, mm-hmm. what kind of questions are they have to answer. Is it a video thing? You watch a video, give your answer to it. Is it multiple choice? Is it read the question and you type in something? But this gives you an insight to what the referees have to do and mm-hmm. what they have to know to become a referee. Because I know all of us sometimes, yep. like every sport, that the referee is blind. That referee doesn't see that. How do you not see that? You know, it's like there's always going to be people saying that. But yeah, this is one way um, to test your own skill. Yeah. So they the the thing if you haven't taken these kind, of, I haven't taken this one, but I've taken the IJF one where it doesn't mm-hmm. score you, but they have different scenarios and you pick. Um, it's very clear that certain it's it's clear why they had to view it from different angles and I, I forgot who told us this but the ijf actually bought the um, what do you call it uh camera system the camera system from the nfl right mm-hmm. that has the 360 degree thing have you seen it the mm-hmm. uh, tokyo uh the tokyo world championships and the tokyo olympics that whole 3d var system thing that was from the nfl that was the first time they used it and um that's why I was like, if you have that, how are you going to get the wrong call? <laughs> I'm going to say, because <laughs> when I, yeah, when I watch it now on, if you pay for Judo TV, what I've seen it, there's a front camera and there's a back camera for, for us. Mm-hmm. So, and sometimes you'll see taking a test, the front and the back camera, which is what they provide you. It's a uh, very clear certain angles. You can't see anything. So again, I know the referee seminar is very long, but I, I really think people, if they're interested in this kind of stuff, they should, Watch it because they you see not just the camera angles and how they um, the close calls can be called differently, and it's just you get to see how the referees justify certain calls, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like even if you don't agree with it, it's like you get to see their train of thought, and then you get mm-hmm. to see how they to- go totally against that train of thought in reality when <laughs> when a tournament. What happens. they're told to do, and but well, it's one thing; it's what yeah. you're told to do, but in this in the moment, yeah. what your heart says and stuff or what you think but it's it, it's human it's all human and the only way and this is going to be like 
talking about the bots we talked the robots talked about last time i think mm-hmm. or it was a conversation we both had together or something the only way you're ever going to change is if we get robot refs that just see everything in black yeah. and white mm-hmm. you know as yep. long as there's humans in it there's always gonna be human error there's always gonna be heart in that there's only gonna be a, yep. a mind a thought about something because we joked about it and going back with the teddy reiner thing is like it's like when you face teddy reiner it's like you have to beat it's that whole that's a whole old thing like you want to be the champion you got to beat the champion you can't just judge his decision and champion you have to knock yeah. him out or submit him you have to beat the champ so if you want to beat teddy reiner i need a clean throw to beat teddy Reiner. it can't be a little half throw or wasati or something it definitely couldn't be a yuko or coca like you have to like really throw him to get the win but you know the rules state this yeah. this is what should be happening it shouldn't be that oh well if i'm going to fight uh Clarice, I have to really like dominate her to beat her. No, no. If I get her with a Wazadi, I should win the match. Yeah. So it's it's just in the future. Do we have robots doing refing? I bet. If, <laughs> or um, uh, it's what um the PFL was doing during their off season that people got confused about. I got confused about too. Mm-hmm. Is that they were doing um Compu Strike and they were putting that out there for people to look at, like the computers were analyzing mm-hmm. the videos and showing like what were legit strikes, what weren't, compared yeah. to what the refs were looking at. Or the judges were looking at me. Yeah, I think it would be cool to have something like that for judo. I think judging whether they fell on their side or not with control is easier than judging how hard, uh, a stri- how effective a strike was. Um, mm. I guess with a strike, you can see how fast a fist is traveling to gen- compute the the um, power and whether it landed in a certain spot. But anyway, the referee seminar. Um, I I can't remember exactly which instances I saw, but sometimes their explanations feel like. Um, you know, when you in high school English class where you had to write essays on like um, on or read other people's essays, interpretation of people's literary works, like mm-hmm. the author was trying to convey like the darkness and humanity or it, it sometimes <laughs> looks like and then the author's just like, no, I didn't. I didn't say anything about that. You know, uh-huh. like, sometimes it well, feels like the. The rest are reverse engineering a story to fit, exactly. the, to fit what, what they want it to be called. So, well, um, it's, it's like how I was. I was like, I got to get a thousand words on this thing. If the A can be like adding every little word I could in there. Yeah. So sometimes it does feel like, yeah, I guess I guess you can interpret it like that, but it can also be interpreted this way. And then. And then that's when you hear the the guy saying, "Can we not agree? Can we agree?" Yes, <laughs> <Can> no. We, <laughs> like, a score. Or let no me know score. what the French a score? think. Like <laughs> a score or no score. A score. A score. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we must move on. We must agree. We do. We agree. Yes. We must move on. <laughs> okay. So sometimes it does feel like that because I I I don't blame them because I'm like, what 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 else are you going to do, right? Because yeah, so some of those calls are really really uh tight. The mm-hmm. the the what could have happened. But it's like this guy was thinking about countering him, but he couldn't. So he stepped back and he was going to do this, but he couldn't. I'm like, how the hell do you, you, you can't, can you read his mind through the screen? Like, <laughs> no, no, whether it's his toe placement, I could see which direction he was going to go. <laughs> Man, it's like, it's like, you know, those pa- Chinese palm readings. <laughs> like, not, <laughs> reading their toes to see what they were thinking. So, yeah. all right. So, yeah, this is a really cool thing that they put out there. If you're interested in doing it, do it. Let us know how you did. Like, we, Anthony will take it. He'll let me know how he did. We'll let the audience know how he did because I ain't taking it. I'm, that's too much pressure for me. I'm okay being a being a coach and a side ref 
at local tournaments. Mm-hmm. I'm good with that. I don't know about the IGF one if I could handle it. Because even me, I would be like, mm, I, I don't know. Side riffs, what do you guys think? <laughs> I'll be tapping my ear. Hello? Hello? Anybody <laughs> there? Hello? Someone talk to me real quick. <laughs> Tell me if this is Wazadi or Epo. <laughs> Tell me, please. <laughs> um, Do you want to, we, we kind of skipped over it, but do you want to talk about the local tournament we had? Yeah, I mean, it was good to segue because I, I wanted to talk about uh the a call a call I contested throughout the whole tournament. So, mm-hmm. so, so yeah. As some of you, uh, if you're from the LA area or from our local Yudanshika and stuff, so Naka had their late. It's a, it was their spring tournament, but it was all the way in summer already. Was so they're calling we're joking around calling it the late spring Naka tournament, and they were implementing some newer things in this one. Like they, so one thing is that we're starting to use um, smooth comp more, which is mm-hmm. great. I love using smooth comp. Uh, we're doing a lot more of a satellite weigh in, so you don't have to come in super early morning and weigh in. One thing I like that they were doing that I wasn't sure if they did or not. I heard they did it sometimes, but not every turn at during every match. But I don't want to say that because I don't know. I wasn't there. Is that so? If you wait in, you did a satellite weigh in. When you get to tournament before the when you get to tournament, when they call up your matches, they're gonna weigh in your group. And you could only I didn't be see any, one, I didn't see any of that happening. So okay, you're supposed you're supposed to only be one kilo over. One kilo is about two pounds, two point something pounds. Don't get me with the math. Uh, two point something pounds so if you weighed in like me i fight 90 kilos i can only be 91 kilos which would be um 198 point something so i could weigh no more than 200 okay but I, i'm assuming that they would be like maybe a half pound for the gi or something i assume so that was one interesting thing that they were going to do and they do the times so I have an argument about the times. Which one do you want to talk about first? Your contestant or my time? My, my thing we've been let's mad talk, about Let's times. talk about the time. Let's talk about time. Yeah. Okay. So to make it easier for people, they give you a time frame of when you're going to start competing. Now your time may get moved up sometimes. You know, a match might end up early. So you're like, you're cutting down time. Most of the time it's going to go later. When we did, uh, was it Golden State Open? Most of us got pushed like an hour, almost two hours back. Most of us, like no one actually fought at their exact time. Uh, Winter Nationals was great. It was very close to our time. So it was, ran really smoothly, but stuff happened, especially on my mat. There was a guy that was killing time a lot that she got called, but again, didn't you're get you're called. Talking, so you're talking about um, Golden State Open, not Winter Yeah, that's Golden so. State Open. Yeah. Was that Golden State Open? Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Yeah, that was Golden State but, Open. Okay. So with this one, one of our players, and I don't care if people get mad about us or not, but one of our players, was scheduled for one time. Then out of nowhere, he gets he gets an alert on his phone or he looks at his phone thing and his match got moved up two hours. It didn't get moved up a few minutes, a half hour, one hour. It got moved up two hours. Even if I was planning to go to tournament and I'm an adult, I don't know if I would go to tournament two hours before. I would go maybe, an, I would most likely go an hour to an hour and a half before. I wouldn't even have to be going to tournament two hours before. Now, I understand that they might think that people should be there all day or should be there preparing, but I don't think people should be going to determine if my, if my fight time is 3 p.m., I'm not getting there at 12. I'm going to get there around maybe 1.32 to warm up and go fight. The whole thing about putting these time things there so that people can move in and out. It's going to be less crowded, easier to plan your day, easier to get in and out, and to get more adults to compete. Because one of the problems with adults is that we don't want to stay there all day. I'm not going my shit. We don't want to stay there all day. I don't want to go in at eight in the morning, weigh in, fight at four or five o'clock in the afternoon, six o'clock at night. Okay. So that's one thing about smooth comp that I like that it gives these set times. So one of our players got the alert and 
he couldn't make it. He called uh, our head instructor, Sensei Philippe, about it. He called me about it. I contacted you about it. And you tried to contact the, the, um, the, well, who, um, the ref, not the, ref, the table. Uh, Let's just talk to the table. Yeah. Um, he talked to the table and they're just like, Hey, tough, tough shit. All right. <laughs> it sucks. Okay. Whatever. And you told me that actually other people that are in his bracket, there's multiple people that missed out. That didn't no, they were up. there. They were there. But they were all, there. That's they're all there. You lie. You I'm not lie. lying. They were all there. You I told, you, I told you, you that. You just want to believe what you no, want to no, believe. No, you told me that there are people missing. Don't I change said the there narrative. Were people mi- I said don't people change, were missing. Don't you try to gaslight the, me. No, no, no I said there were people missing. Don't try to gaslight that, me. <laughs> there were people from that city that starts with a G that's not Gardena that they were missing because I think they heard about the way the weighing thing, the weighing, Matt's mm-hmm. had weigh-in thing. So mm-hmm. I think they were missing because of that. Because... um. Multiple times they called these people's names up and then they're like, oh, yeah, they're in the parking lot. And we're like there for like 10 minutes. And it's like they're not in the parking lot. They're just like, shut up. <laughs> what what parking lot? Their house parking lot. <laughs> but that's just something that I had a little gripe about me personally, that if people were there, that's great. That's fantastic. It's amazing. I don't believe it. But I was upset about that. Moving somebody's time up two hours. That's crazy to me. Just moving up to it. That's just nuts. And let me know how you guys feel about it. If you would be okay with your time being moved up two hours, not moved can, back, moved up. I can see why you're upset. Like it's a local tournament, right? It's not like a big tournament where people from San Francisco are driving down and stuff. But if it's a local tournament, which by the way, we I think we did have people from the Bay Area driving down from this tournament. Which if you're doing that, then you you what? Nothing. Nah, nah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, who said that? From the Bay. So, if they're coming down from the Bay Area, people are gonna a lot more time to show up carpool because there are kids competing in the morning and stuff. So that's not gonna be a problem in general for most of them anyway, unless for whatever reason you decide to come yourself. Um, but when you're local, two hours is pretty much enough time from anywhere in LA to to drive there. So once you get the alert that you're gonna go in in like what two hours. Like three hours at that point, it was like two hours, right? So you wouldn't get an alert. You'd be you just get alert that your time got changed. Yeah. When did he get that? When did he? That's my question. When did he? When did he get the alert? I don't know. Yeah. So because look at you, look at you, look at you, look at you. That's what I'm saying. So I mean, I don't think they moved it up until like pretty until like there was like three, two or three hours before. And the the problem was that you didn't mention was he was out of state. That's why he couldn't make it. So why would you plan? Why would you plan a trip out of state on the same day that you're going to compete in tournament? See, I just, I, I just is, don't know. See, this is why we can't get sponsors. This is look at this guy. Look, this, this is why we can't get sponsors. Okay, this I don't know. And <laughs> it's like we always complain about how tournaments always last long. The the times aren't on time. They always get pushed back. Mm-hmm. So why would you complain about getting moved up now? If it was old school and I'm there waiting at eight in the morning, I would love to get pulled up two hours. But if I'm having a set time, I have to fight like at three or four in the afternoon and I plan out my day of how I'm going to, how I'm going to get out there, what time I get out there and stuff. And I get moved up two hours. I'm I mean, like, I hope I can get out there. How, how, how much time do you allocate before you show up to the airport on the flight? I don't fly. I drive. Yeah. So, so it's usually, it's usually an hour or two hours. Right. So, um, yeah, that's what I, I see why, but uh, for me, it's like I better, I'd rather they move up than um, move it back. And my problem mostly had to do with the table I talked to. I was just explaining it and I get it. The They were, they snapped really quick. Let's just say they mm-hmm. gave me really poor attitude um, mm-hmm. when I was just like, 
hey, this guy just called me. He said he can't make it. Is there a chance that you can move it? And, and they cut me off and just gave me attitude and said, no, it's his fault. He should have he should have done this. I'm like, geez, like, what the hell is your problem? You moved it up two hours. He should have checked in the morning. And I was like, you didn't move it up. And it doesn't matter. He should have been here. I was just like, I get it. You deal you deal with difficult people all day. So I, I give them a pass for it. But it was like, yeah, I, I still th- I still think it's fine. Like. I'd rather them move it up than move it back. That's the way I see it. And so that was that was my complaint well, or we, my we talk, thing. But we talked about this before. There's no way it's gonna be on time unless they because uh, you you can't do anything about injuries, right? This safe mm-hmm. for for safety reasons, you can't do anything about injuries. But um, you can do this. You can increase the runtime, uh, increase the the match time, and then do it like a runtime kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I also mm-hmm. talked. I also talked about skipping all the bullshit bowing shit. <laughs> like count like go to a tournament time how long it takes for them to do the whole bowing like the referee coming on walking around the mat uh mm-hmm. bowing to the previous referee bowing then bowing on into the mat then the the other competitor bowing in like time that time just time <laughs> it now multiply that by however many t- hours like how many times they're not going to swap matches the referees every match right so that's just Mm-hmm. Ignore the um, swapping referee thing. Just time that and multiply that by an amount of matches that they have. That's how much time you well, just wasted. If you want to talk about wasting time stuff, then we talk about bowing. I know now we're going on a tangent about something else, people. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. But it's the whole thing of how when I took my referee's co- course and stuff, you like give them that little hand signal to bow and bow to come onto yeah. the mat as they come inside the fighting area and then bow to each other, step forward and fight. Okay. Yep. Well, I I know, I know that because of re- religious stuff because of IGF rules. You don't have to bow coming onto the mat. I know you don't have to do that. Okay. I know you can just step, step up to the mat and just walk on, but you have to bow to your opponent because you're actually bowing to somebody. That's the only thing they enforce, but there are so many refs out there that still will like enforce the bow to the mat thing. And they'll like to be, <laughs> this is a little crazy, but I've seen it still to be like, go get off the mat, do it properly. Mm-hmm. And they're just like doing that. People are just like, Oh, okay. They don't know what they're doing. Because some coaches don't enforce that because it's not supposed to be enforceable. But you get these refs that are old school. They're like, no, no, bow properly. Or no, no, you, you bow when I tell you to bow. And they give them the hand gesture. Okay, like now bow, yeah, now come forward, that bow too. again. Well, and yeah, also when takes the, up time. When, yeah, when there's no cameras and they have the side refs, they make you, mm-hmm. like if you walk in front of the side refs, they make them, they, they yell at them and tell them to go back and go right behind the side refs. It's like, what was the point of that? Like, like we really, like mm-hmm. what, what was the point of that? Like, I understand it's like maybe disrespectful or whatever, but like, what really, what was the point is it will go much faster. If you just have people walk directly onto the edge, bow, walk in the middle, bow, hajime, and that's it. And then mm-hmm. also the referee, when they swap, just swap the referee out. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like I said, increase the, the round time and then just have it at running time. You know what I'm saying? And only pause it if there's a controversial controversial thing where you have to stop the time and um they have to look at the replay or whatever. But otherwise, it's mate, get up, hajime, go again. So you don't stop the round time. So make it like a seven minute, seven minute round or six minute round oh, instead man, of four minutes. Like forever. Oh, make it a ten well, minute round. Why not? You think <laughs> you think it's forever, but then if you make it like not you don't stop the time in between getting up and all that stuff, it's not that long. That's probably mm. how much it is. But the point is, when you make it more predictable how long the match would last, then it, there will be less delays. That's 
Mm-hmm. That's basically it. So then the, the times that you give people can be more accurate. Right. So um that was that. And um yeah. And now what did you have a problem with at the Oh, so the other thing that delays <laughs> calls, which I'm guilty of, that's why I want to talk about it, because I don't want it to um I I in hindsight, basically, okay, so this is what happened. So Scotty, who's been on the podcast, was fighting a BJJ black belt, I believe. And he was doing a really shitty Tomoe Nage. I shouldn't say shitty because he, he did win with it. Like uh, he was doing a Tomoe Nage that basically um, pulls the guy onto a side. Like it, there's no lift. He just like pulls the guy to the side. So he did it twice and scored a Wazari. And the first one was a, uh, um, I saw it from my, from my coaching chair. I clearly saw it. And then the second one, I did not see it from my angle. Um, and then also Jose, who was sitting next to me, he was like, that, how's that a score? And Scotty's like, what the hell? That was not a score. So I contested it. And then um, there were like, like the other sensei, which is uh, Sensei Juan Montenegro from uh, OC Judo. He was like, that was a score. And then the, the refs was like, I think one of them thought it was a score and one of them thought it wasn't a score. Mm-hmm. So I was like, can you like look at it? And then they, they, this, this tournament had cameras, by the way. So they looked at it and um, basically what happened was the video got cut off at the end. They, I don't know what, what happened, but they cut off the video and they kept like, they're like, get out of the way. Let me do, let me watch. And then it's just like, they cut it out. And then someone behind them was like, Hey, I don't know if it matters, but I caught the whole thing on video. I'm like, yeah, let me see it. And, mm-hmm. and I was, I know the refs can't, aren't allowed to look at it. And then tell like, yeah, we're not going to look at it. I'm like, Okay, and then I just looked at it, and I was like, "Oh, okay." From this angle, it's clear that Scotty got scored on. I'm like, "I'm sorry about that." Like, okay, let's just move on. But it's just like, I think that that's another rule that needs to be like uh, adjusted. Because if that if there's a scenario like that that happens, then what do you do? Let's say that guy didn't. No one recorded the video. What do you What do you do then? Right. But oh, I was wrong. Whatever the ref says, whatever the ref says goes. That's just how they. That's how it's always. Yeah, been. but that's how. Yeah. So it's it's just like in this case it resolved it completely, right? Because mm-hmm. I I saw it, and in hindsight, I I mean, I kind of knew it at the time, but what I did was wrong. Basically, mm-hmm. I should not have contested it. I should have just because um, I held up the tournament and I didn't realize that until later because I was so focused on it. Um, mm-hmm. Even if it was, even if it was not, uh, it was not a score. Like, it, let's say Scotty deserved to not win. It's just Sensei Philippe says this all the time in his coaching clinic. No one gives a shit. <laughs> like, basically, <laughs> no one gives a shit. It's a local tournament, right? Mm. No one cares. Like, mm-hmm. I just held up like four hundred other people. So, I, I guess I apologize for that. I shouldn't have done that. And, um. Yeah, it's just now I understand also why people can test it because you're like so sure that your athlete just got screwed over kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So there's that too. But next time, like I, I, I learned from this, the next time I'm just not going to contest it because it's a small local tournament. No one gives a shit. I'm holding up everyone else's time. And speaking of, and, and the only reason I got to reflect on this was before this, uh, before this whole thing happened, there was uh, I was coaching the kids. Actually, Eric was coaching the kids, and again, a dojo from a city that starts with a G. That's not Cardina. Want trouble, don't you? They that's what you want. They um contested a a, a, a toqueta basically, 
Mm-hmm. And then they shut they they showed him the video clearly showing that it was a toqueta, and he was trying to argue his way out of it. So, at what do you do at that point? You know, so that 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 whole thing took like I want to say five to ten minutes somewhere around there where he we stopped. They argued. They watched the video, figured out how to do the video thing, and then he was arguing like so that held the toll mat up for like ten minutes. So. I don't want to be that guy. So yeah, <laughs> there's that's, that's that. All right. So that's just our little take on our little local tournament that no one gives a shit about, <laughs> but it's just, it's just worth things start out. You know, you try something here and you can bring it to the bigger things, especially here for Naka. We're a really big Udonch guy out here. We hold the winter nationals every year. So it's like the stuff that happens in these little tournaments, the local ones is what's going to come and where we're bring up to the main one, like to the winter nationals, which is our big one here in the West coast and stuff. So it's just, little things that we hope to get improved. Like we don't, well, I hope we don't sound like we're totally whining right now. We, some, some people might sound like we are, but it's just things that we have concerns mm-hmm. about. Okay. One more thing that happened. We did talk about it at the beginning of the episode. So I feel like we should bring it up now, even though we're running a long time, but um, one, one of our athletes who got gold, um, he beat a BJJ black belt and, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't even know he was a black belt until he told me afterwards, but the guy had a Gracie Baja patch on and then mm-hmm. he came up to us one after, uh, he, he actually beat him with Osaikomi, uh, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. He used a turnover. I taught him in the beginner's class and then pin- countered him and pinned him. But, um, humble brag. <laughs> so, um, he came up to us afterwards and was like, man, I thought it would be easy to take the, ba- I, I'm paraphrasing. All right. I, I, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he was like, man, I thought it'd be easier to take the back, like basically when you turtle, but it's, or flatten mm-hmm. out, but it's harder than I thought. He said, and I'm like, yeah, like just like in the past episode, we said it, it's like, it's not false that you, the back's exposed, but I think people exaggerate how easy it is to just take the back when, um, you, <laughs> when, when <clears throat> the back's given to you, doesn't mean it's easy. Plus yeah. he, he got pinned <clears throat> this, Excuse me. Well, when he said so, it's, yeah. it's one thing that I always say is about is people don't understand it. One thing about judo is that we are action based. We are action, action, action. So we're not like BJJ where you can just turtle up and you have this all this time to you, all these fancy things to get in the guy to take it back. In judo, if I turtle up or I scrunch down on here and you're trying to take my back and there's nothing happening, the ref would be like, all right, nothing's happening. Mate, stand back up. And that's one thing that frustrates some BGJ guys when they come to actual judo tournaments. At a dojo, when you have time just doing Nawazarandori and stuff, you have tons of time to do all your crazy things, your try out your positions. You have tons of time because it's playing around. But at a tournament, well, we're real. It's action, action, action. In this case, I think even if you gave that guy 10 minutes, I don't think he would be able to turn the guy over. So, oh, really? Um, I, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not a uh, jab. It's just different rules. It's a different game. So, um, but also he got pinned and I guess in, mm-hmm. be, again, it's different rules because in BJJ, there's no pin to win. So he played, probably plays off his back a lot. And then, uh, he tried to frame and he did frame on the guy's neck on uh, Emil's neck, but that, that doesn't stop him from being pinned. So, yeah. um, so yeah, that just goes back to what we said, different rules, different win conditions, um, different incentives for you to do different things. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, what I want to say. And, <clears throat> that's the symptoms are coming back. That's what I'm also going to say too. <laughs> All 
All right. So yeah, it's like Anthony said, different game. So let's get to our, we've had a really long opening part mm-hmm. right here, which is in the main, our main, I think our main part today is not going to be that long, really. I think the first yeah. part's longer than our main part today. So our main thing that we're going to talk about today, our partial of our main discussion to grow judo is that we like to talk about other things that are also in grappling. We talk about BJJ, we talk about Sambo. So one thing that Anthony loves and that I'm in, I'm not super into, but I, I enjoy it is sumo. And as some of you may or may not know, there's a new show on Amazon. It's um, it's a Japanese show. It's on Amazon. I think you can watch it in America too and stuff. That's how I watch it. It was no problem. Um, it's called Sanctuary. So it's about a, it's a sumo show. It's called Sanctuary uh, Psyche, which I believe means sanctuary. It's sanctuary, sanctuary, I believe, which is like the Holly is like how in Los Angeles, we have the Los Angeles Angel of Anaheim, you know, it's mm-hmm. like <laughs> It's a funny thing like that. So the show's about it. It's a guy. He's down and out. Um, his name is, it was Oz, Oze. Is how, that's how you pronounce his name? Oze, yeah. Oze. 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 Yep. Oze. Oze is how you pronounce his name. Okay. So there's a guy, Oze. He's kind of a Yankee, kind of a bad boy and stuff. He's going through some hard times with his family. And he used to be a judo player. That's kind of interests me when someone told me that when the show first came out, I thought it sounded really cool. Then I found out he used to be a judo player. Like, Oh, it's going to sound pretty interesting. Cause this is what happens sometimes. Sometimes a guy is like a junior really, champion or something in Japan. He was, yeah. he was a high school champion. They said high school champion. Yeah. High school champion, which is a pretty big deal for those who don't know. That's a pretty big deal in Japan. Yeah. He yeah. was a high school champion. And I think that's, that's why his uh, sumo instructor scouts him out and stuff. So he's going through some hard times throughout the show. You find out that his family owned a sushi restaurant something happened they lost their restaurants why i assume he had to also stop doing sumo that's my assumption but it's supposed stop to doing judo stop doing judo yeah stop doing judo. oh my bad i'm gonna get this confused a lot guys so please <laughs> hang with me all right <laughs> but um yeah so he's kind of a bad boy you know yankee got the hair the big jacket and stuff and people don't know what yankee is so yankee is like a it's like a bad boy it's like a gangster it's almost like a, a if you know latino culture like kind of like a cholo kind of guy all right. Or, or what, what What was uh like Greece? Those guys, those little. A greaser. Oh, yeah, yeah. Totally yeah. a greaser. Yeah. Like, like well, John Travolta and the, those gang, that gang of boys, like yeah. Greece. Yeah. They call themselves the T-Birds, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> so he's going through hard times and his, the guy that runs a stable, um, what was his name? His name was. I'm so sumo stable is like a dojo, basically. Yeah. yeah. It's like, a, so his, so his sumo sensei came to him. He said, I know you're going to like, so thing, I, I know you're having some hard times and stuff. I'm sad that you quit judo. I thought you had some skill in there. It was really fun to watch. And that's how he gets him. Hey, if you need to make some money, how about doing sumo instead? So after thinking about some hard times and he's, the, the guy's a bad boy, but he's like, he, he kind of has a good heart. You know, it's like, he does things where he yeah. gets, where he, it's kind of a bully to people. But it's because he's trying to do some right things. You can, you can tell he's family. acting out basically because of what's going on at home, basically. Yeah. So. Yeah. So joins the sumo stable, okay? Goes to Tokyo, joins the sumo stable. And he's trying to do all these like street fighting things he used to do. He does a lot of judo things. And the first thing is that he has skill and he's won tournaments before, or small, small tournaments before. But this is just off his strength, his judo, and just street fighting and grit. And the whole thing about him becoming a real sumo player. You know, and there's one line that I, I, I don't like that much, but so it's one line where his, uh, his, his sumo sensei tells him, um, 
that street fighting and judo stuff won't work in sumo. You need to learn how to fight be sumo. I'm like, I did it just, sir. I, I, I disagree with that. There are many judo things that they do in sumo. There are many judo throws they do in sumo. It's just different hand placement and it's called something else. Well, right? we, just, we just talked about how rules dictate the, the training, right? And yeah, I, I agree with them. Like if you don't have the sumo basics, then all the advanced, all the advanced judo stuff wouldn't help. But when you have this, I think if you have the basics, then you can learn how to apply your, your judo to the sumo. Cause, um, mm. yeah, a lot, a lot of the, you don't lose in judo when you get pushed out of the ring. You also don't lose if your knees touch to the ground. So, um, <laughs> the, yeah. So I think it's a little different. Definitely. Yeah. So, so the main story is about him becoming a proper judo, a proper sumo player. Sorry, proper sumo player again. And there's a cool story about like how he meets this hostess girl and stuff, and she claims she kind of she's his girlfriend, but not his girlfriend, and she does some bad stuff to him. But she towards the end of the show, she kind of seems like you're spoiling it for me, huh? I, I'm trying not to. I'm trying, <laughs> but he meets this girl, and it's like that, blah blah blah, yeah, schmackety. And then there's a news reporter. Okay, there's a female. There's two news reporters that I don't know if they're in charge of that stable or just cover that stable. But there's one news reporter, he's the main guy for the sports, for the sports uh, section that's huge in the sumo. He's like, does the sumo stories, he loves sumo, and he brings another news reporter with him that's, she's been kind of like demoted. She's not, she does political stories, but something, something happened, I don't want to talk about it, something, I don't like to talk about it, but yeah. something happened, so she gets demoted into the sports section, and she's being forced to cover sumo. And at first she's like, she hates it, she can't stand these cocky guys, she gets dirty, well, and she has this awakening. The people also remember uh, women aren't allowed to step on the dojo, like the ring, the sumo ring, um, even yeah. in the, the training, the dojo where they train. So she was like yeah. all against she she's all against that whole culture, basically. Yeah. And the way they explain it is that she's from America. And I don't know that she went to college in America or grew up in America or something, but they keep always saying that she's American. So she doesn't understand certain judo culture stuff. There's even certain things about Japanese culture stuff that she sumo doesn't culture, like. I mean, sumo culture. Yeah, sumo, sumo culture. I'm getting this all confused all episode long. So it has this thing how she always, when she gets threatened or when she gets annoyed, she always says, oh, is that harassment? Is that this harassment? Is this that harassment? And she gets, gets made fun of at work about it. Yep. And then she assaults somebody and no one says anything about that. She literally assaults somebody. But there's also like some weird, in my opinion, some things where you got to use Japanese culture where being called stupid, being called baka, is it is mm -hmm. it's bad, but it's not like super bad as like yeah. I guess you've said in America or being told to go die. It's bad, but it's more just like f off or something. It's not like America yeah. where you're like hey go yeah. die. Like oh you want me to kill myself? Oh, how dare you? But in <laughs> Japanese it's like where go kill yourself, Anthony. Hey, yeah, that's not nice. So it's just different cultural things and the shock of her seeing sumo and how they treat each other, how they're really rough and tumble guys, how they palm each other, how they kid each other, how when you're a lower rank, you have to do things for the higher ranks and stuff, which I know God. some people when they first yeah. see this, if you're not used to Japanese culture and you're not used to Jap to sumo culture at all, there are going to be some eye opening things. You're like, what? That's allowed. And just like in a show, she's the same thing. What? That's allowed. This is modern day and this still happens. But this is sumo cult, sumo culture, and yeah, it's, it's just that. That's actually it, why. Like, I, yeah, that's actually why uh, sumo like it's popular now. But mm -hmm. uh, when I was growing up in Hong Kong and I go to um, Japan all the time, I remember them talking about how sumo is dying because there's the the what do you call it, the seats don't fill up, 
and they'll have people outside trying to get people to come in to watch sumo wrestling and the tickets were dirt cheap and in some cases they would even give them away for basically free um mm-hmm. but now it's like all jam-packed it's always sold out the seats so there's a huge change but there's a reason why a lot of japanese people other than the declining birth rate right um mm-hmm. don't do judo and sumo as much anymore is because of the hazing culture and how hard it yeah. is and mm-hmm. um which is why they they have a lot of people from mongolia because they they're coming from a poor country you know to, to it's it's like similar similar to most other combat sports like why why thai kids fight in thailand fight muay thai is because they're poor it's a way out of poverty so it's mm-hmm. uh that's why they import a lot of mongolians from um mm-hmm. uh from Mongolia to yeah. Sumo. And there's some really cool bat side stories. Like there's one story about a guy that's called, uh, I always remember his Two-Face because that's what he calls him during the entire show. How he kind of has a, a really dark backstory and why he's the monster he is, why he fights he is, the way he acts is, why he doesn't talk. And that's a really cool side story. Then there's another side story about another guy, um, uh, Ruk- Ryuki. Um, yeah, the, the, Oze- the Ozeki. Yeah, yeah, the Ozeki, the guy who yeah. just got promoted to Ozeki. He's the new hot guy, the new hot thing and stuff. And it deals with him and his pressure of being so, being so much, um, being his, so good. His dad, his dad was, uh, yeah, his dad's the Yokozuna, the highest rank. Yeah. So he had to live up to his, like, his name and everything. So, yeah. So they show, like, even though he seems like in the public, they show, like, in the public, he has it all together. But at home, he's just like getting bullied by his dad. And my thing is, like, if he's an Ozeki, why is he still staying at home living with his living with his dad still you know that's my well, thing but that's that's my own opinion about certain things okay yeah i i yeah, think so, and, and if you yeah. don't know what su- and if you don't know the sumo rankings how like they're gonna talk about during the show is that so the top of sumo there can only be one the top of sumo is is a yokozuna that, that's okay? no there there can be more than one in fact can in there hi- i thought there could be only re- one in recent history thought, there's been four, four there can only be one there's been four at the same time in recent history four yes oh, uh I, I there, there was, always... so it, it was kakuru um uh-huh. uh uh Har- harumo fuji mm-hmm. uh man forget this thing is getting to me um hakuho <laughs> and um crap the last one i said kakuryu already right yeah yeah um kiseno sato the, the kiseno okay. sato was the only Jap- native japanese yokozuna and his uh promotion to yokozuna is actually one of the main reasons why sumo became popular again in japan because mm-hmm. it's like wow it's the first japanese yokozuna in like 30 or 50 years or something like that but about um, 50 years but maybe 30 but it's been a long time it's been a long time i don't remember it's like 30 to 50 years somewhere around that time frame but those are the four that were around and i will say i always talk about this but hakuho who recently retired recently as in like last year half a year six months ago or something mm-hmm. he is like i'm so glad i got to see sumo while he was in his prime because mm-hmm. he just made everyone else look like a high school amateur and mm-hmm. I started watching sumo in his prime. So for me, it was like, wow, why does everyone suck so bad? It's like, no, he just <laughs> so dominating. So, mm-hmm. and then he sets such a high bar for Yokozuna that mm-hmm. when I saw the other Yokozuna, I was not impressed as a, mm-hmm. as a amateur at the time watcher. Mm-hmm. But, um, then, uh, Kakuryu retired cause he was getting old. And then, uh, Kiseno Sato was forced to retire cause he tore his, uh, the pectoral muscle his chest muscle went to mm-hmm. get surgery uh was doing bad went to get surgery disappeared for a 
long time, came back and was never the same. So he mm-hmm. retired. Um, and Haruma Fuji got caught in a, which is related to this about the hazing. He got caught yeah. in a scandal where he hit uh, a more well, a junior like, person with a remote. So, so, so basically, yeah. now we we only have uh, one Yokozuna, which is Terano mm-hmm. Fuji. Yeah. So I want to I want to get back to that because I want to talk yep. about that earlier because I think um, I think he's the one that had the thing with with Ryzen. I think it was. But okay. So there's Yokozuna. There's Ozeki, which I thought there could be. So I thought there was only one Yokozuna, but apparently there could be more. And when it comes to Ozeki, I thought there could be four Ozeki. I thought. I no, thought it's actually actually there's sometimes if you look at uh, the media out there when they say the top uh, rank of sumo, they will actually sometimes refer to Ozeki as the top rank because they mm-hmm. consider um, Yokozuna as something spe- mystical, like a god figure kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. So. Um, we will see some other places say, oh, Yokozuna is the top rank, but no, it's like, it's like there's the Ozeki, uh, Komusubi, Sekiwake, uh, mm. uh, Magashiri, like there's the top ranks and then, and yeah, then there's a there's Yokozuna. The, and to be a top rank, like, like Anthony said, like there's the, the Sekiwake, whatever they're, they're called in the Komush, whatever that other one is. I can't remember that Komusubi, name. yeah. But, yeah, Komusumi and stuff. Like those are the top ranks right there. But if you reach, um, like, you know, some people are like, oh, what's, um, what I want someone was trying to tell me about the other day, it was a Rakishi. They're like, well, what's the Rakishi? Rikishi is just sumo wrestler. Just saying well, sumo wrestler. It's, it's supposed to be like top 14 or top 15, I thought. Something like that, I thought. Like supposed to be maybe it's top, kind only, of like the how, top you know, players we, only. Maybe it's kind of like how we loosely use the term judoka for anyone that trains mm-hmm. judo, but mm-hmm. I think you have to be like living a certain lifestyle to mm-hmm. be called the judoka. So it might be similar. I'm not sure. Um mm-hmm. but um I, for for me, a rikishi is just any sumo. Is I just saying a wrestler, sumo wrestler. Mm-hmm. So, so for me, it's that. So in the show, like it's it's talking about all these ranks and stuff, and I'm trying to build up to get to these higher ranks. So it's really cool. It's a really cool show that way, and it brings up to me is that if we had, and there's some side stories about how there's their best guy in the dojo, and the best guy in their little dojo, not their little dojo, but kind of little dojo in their place. Like him having to deal with his retirement soon, right? Him dealing with his stuff about him having a bad injury and him running away from his surgery. Because the whole worry is like, it is for anybody. Once you have surgery, they always say that it's going to be the same. You're going to be better. You'll be bigger, stronger, faster. Never the reality same. is that you're never really same. never the same. And I've been told by multiple doctors because my own injuries don't get surgery until you need it. Okay. Because once you do certain things, you won't be, once you get certain surgeries, you won't be able to, I know there'd be somebody probably out there right now, be like, no, I did this surgery. I'm the same. It's like, I've been told by multiple doctors, certain things, you'll never be the same. It's not gonna be hundred percent ever, no matter how much they tell you. I'm still, I'm still doing rehab for my surgery. Like it it comes and goes, like, it's not always, some, some days it feels great. Some days it doesn't feel great. Most days yeah. it doesn't. So, so that's really cool. That's really interesting. Side story also in the show about this, um, uh, I can't remember what your ranking he was, but him having to deal with like, I might have to retire soon. What am I going to do? If I get surgery, am I going to stop? So it's, it's a really cool story. Um, one thing that people were at was thinking that, um, well, let, let's go back now that to the guy that slapped the guy. Okay. That's a big part in this show. They actually mimic that in the show. at one of the points. He hit him with a TV how, remote at a karaoke place. He deserved <laughs> it. I know we argue about this. We are. <laughs> want, want, I, want think angry. In, <laughs> I think in Japanese culture, he did deserve it. Like I, I'm not saying, I'm saying like he disrespected him in a certain way. Cause he's a senior. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I don't think it's okay, obviously, but for, I guess to that so, within the sumo culture is like, Oh, you guys are overblown. Yeah. Okay. I know Cliff notes of the thing that happened. They were out. 
the Rikishi was talking to him. He was not listening to him. He was on his phone playing Candy Crush or something. I don't know what, just he wasn't paying attention. So he hit him with the remote. All right. And he did it in public, which got some scrutiny. He got yelled at about it. It was like, this is disrespectful. I know in Western culture here, people were talking about like his man's, he hit his manservant. It's like, no, it's not his manservant. This is like his kohai. This is like his student. This is supposed to be his second kind of, like this is a guy that they wanted to like, help him out and teach them. You're being disrespectful. But the thing is that if you know sumo culture or Japanese culture, Asian culture, anything, you understand that that's disrespectful and they're going to give him some capital punishment, which is not popular nowadays. And I get that. We can't capital punishment everybody like you used to. Yeah. And, um, like, um, I mean, J- Japan's still a very conservative society, but you can look at judo, even judo's reforming, right? In, mm-hmm. in Japan. So it's slowly shifting. And these really old school, especially sumo is like one of the oldest martial arts out there, this whole system in general. Um, you can't, especially with the now popularity, the explosive international growth of uh, sumo's popularity, like you can't do this stuff and not get people get kicking and screaming about it anymore. So I'm not well, justifying whole- it, but it's like, yeah. That's that's what they have to deal with now. So they have to change. Like even yeah. there's so many scandals. Like I, I lost. I, I'm not going to go into all the scandals since I follow it. But medical, like the they don't have medical staff on standby. Like like, like all that kind of stuff is just they're really backwards. Very conservative. Well, we had the same thing in judo when in the Olympics. I can't remember who it was. One of the people got like a warm up that we that a lot of martial arts do is that their coach slaps them in the face, slaps them in the body, slaps them in the back yeah. and stuff. And that's a normal thing. And it was that thing it was the Olympics. Someone was doing that. It was caught on camera. 10,000 people saw it in the West. Or yeah. I don't know what. It was me. It was a it. meme at first. It was the way she, he slapped her was like, basically, well, I can't think of it better. It was like a bitch slap, basically. Like that, That's the closest yeah. way people, I can describe it for people who weren't seeing. Freaked. Yeah, yeah. People freaked out about it. like, how dare he hit a woman? How dare he hit a student? It's like, dude, have you never seen like how many MMA matches do you have? Many MMA fights you see where they do that in MMA, you know, or just it's a normal. Yeah, but not, not, it was not in, you gotta yeah. clarify. It was not in that way, but the whole point yeah. is it was consensual. Uh, like <laughs> that, was, he, that sounds even worse. It was consensual slapping. <laughs> no. Cause she, she was like, we do this. Is, I wanted him to do that. It was what the, the girl came out to yeah. say, but the coach got a warning for it anyway. So. Yeah, so it's just some weird thing that we do in combat sports that other sports don't people think is weird. Another thing with that same Yokozuna, I believe was him. He had a thing with, I know we're getting off topic again, but I just want to get this yeah. out there. That was kind of weird. Um, he had a thing with Ryzen that he was supposed to bring, I believe it was Ryzen. He was supposed to bring Mongolian, like the top Mongolian fighters uh. to Ryzen. And he only brought like me three of them before. I don't know if they ended the contract or what happened, but he just, I, I think, think you're I've, thinking of us to show, show you. Or are you thinking about the other one that... Um, that paralyzed uh, someone was it that one no, uh, i don't it could i don't think it was him but just what happened in rise is that so he brought this he's bringing the mongolian fighters over this one thing that got me and uh, i think it got the announced team all weirded out too is that one guy put on a great fight amazing fight but lost the decision and he was treating him like shh, like the rest like they show him like he tried to go up to him like, oh, I'm sorry. He just he ignored him. Then he got up and kind of bumped him with his body and stuff. Really mad at him because he lost. Then another Mongolian fighter later that fight won by a terrible, ugly decision. Barely squeaked by, like very boring. And he was all like, yeah, good job. Yeah, I'm so proud of you. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, 
this guy put on a great fight and yeah, he may have lost, but he put his Bushido spirit out there and you're mad at him. But this one right here played it safe, got an ugly win and you're all happy with that. And there was another, there was another fight also. I can't remember what happened that one, but there was just this very big difference of like, he won happy. He lost your piece of whatever got here. I think it was him. I, I think it was that same guy. I don't remember. I should have looked this up. because Yeah. I think it was in Ryzen too. Could have been in dream, but I think it was Ryzen. I'm pretty sure it's Ryzen, and I think the person you're talking about is uh, it, it is what who I was thinking of. I just looked it up. Um, su- uh, uh, as Tsuyoshi. Yeah. Oh wait, no. Mm-hmm. What was his? Uh, Taka Genji was his rest was his twin brother, who was also. Uh, but yeah, they, they they had a bad um bad rap in the in the sumo um circle and he was the guy who knocked uh gave a concussion to uh enho everyone knows enho the really small super sumo wrestler he yeah, was yeah, not slapping likes, yeah. he was basically beating punching the crap out of his and gave him a um a concussion so um yeah but anyway he was asked to retire so that's why he went to ryzen mm-hmm. he was forced yeah. to retire but yeah, that's another thing that probably freaks me out. So one thing about the show, like I said, it was a great show, very entertaining, fun to watch, like really great stories. I hope they come up the second season of it. But there's one thing I watched about the show is that some of these sumo wrestlers weren't as big as real sumo wrestlers. Like the guy that's supposed to be playing the Ozeki, he's not that big. Like he's a big guy, but he's not that, he's not a sumo wrestler yeah. big, you know? I'm expecting they really... So some of these extras they had in the show, other sumo wrestlers they had in the stables weren't that big of guys. I'm like, these guys aren't sumo wrestlers. Like even the lead guy, he's big, but he's not sumo wrestler big, you know? So, I mean, we already know how intense the training is for sumo, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, what are the chances you're going to get, be able to get these guys to do this filming? And also you're talking about a second season, like are they, yeah. they going to quit being sumo wrestlers now and being full-time actors? Like, um, there's that. And then how many people are you going to find our actors are able to be that big and also do those athletic movements? Like the, um, what was the stomping call? I forgot. Um, there was, she, 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 she was it Shiki? Shiki is. Yeah. So we judo players. I'm sorry. We're judo players. That's sumo wrestlers. Yeah. So Anthony wants to try it though. <laughs> yeah. So what, how many people, you know, out of that big that can actually do those things and look like a actual sumo wrestler. So I, mm. I think don't quote me. I think they found retired sumo wrestlers or like, well, the guy that plays yeah. the actor or the sumo, the sumo wrestler that plays two face. He was a real sumo wrestler. Yeah. yeah. And side note from my wrestling fans out there, he was the one that played the fake Yokozuna for the first uh, Saudi Arabia show. The US, the W went to Saudi Arabia. So oh. little interesting side note. <laughs> but yeah, but, uh, I, I, yeah, he, he was a real sumo wrestler and he had the size. I think he had the yeah. size. But these other guys, one like playing the Ozeki and stuff like he's a big like he's, he looks like a big muscle guy, but not like yeah. a sumo wrestler big. And there's one thing about sumo that people don't understand. There's no weight. Well, there's, there's a weight minimum. You have to weigh at least 180 pounds, I believe, in in, mm-hmm. in pounds, like 180. But there is no way. You guys can get as big as they want. And you fight everybody. There's no weight class. Mm-hmm. No, like, middleweight, lightweight, heavyweight in sumo. Professional it sumo. Professional sumo, which is Japan, uh, this uh, Japanese sumo tournament. Yeah, like the, yeah. the one that you go watch in Long Beach, the World yeah. Championships. <laughs> yeah, that that's the one that has a... Uh, it's nationals. But even the World Championships, there are weight classes. Yeah, but in real sumo, in real Japanese sumo, it's you go fight everyone. So it's minimum weight you are to the biggest weight you are and mm-hmm. stuff. Just 
So that might be some weird thing to some people when they first watch this and they're not used to sumo and they see that like, whoa, how's a small guy facing this huge guy? Well, it's always sumo, exciting. It's always exciting to see the small people beat big people. Yeah, I know. I like some big boys. I want some big boys. Some meat. That's what I want. I want the big ones. Slap each other's face. Pop, pop, so pop, that, pop, pop. That's why Hakuho was so cool to watch because he's not, he's big, but he's not huge. He's not mm-hmm. like the Hawaiian uh, Yokozuna is huge. And, um, uh, if you look back to man, I can't. Uh, Chiono Fuji. Chiro, uh, there's a Yokozuna that's a small, super jacked guy. He's dead now, I think, but he's like small and super jacked. And he was a Yokozuna. He was smaller. So mm-hmm. the the you can also look What's back it? at the look back at the old black and white photos of sumo wrestlers. They're muscular. They're not fat yeah. like the way they are now. The fat thing is a re- relatively modern thing. So. Mm-hmm. Well, what happened to like the one that everyone thinks is supposed to be super good? Like he is good, but he's not amazing. The the guy from Georgia, uh, the Georgia oh Toshi Notion, he retired. Like that's another did he, he retired? He when? retired it. He got last week, I think, or two weeks ago. Oh he, my god! I he was swear to he saw was him. he was basically already dropped down to the Juro division, which is no longer mm. the top division, and he was in danger of losing that tournament too so he was gonna get the money even farther so he just retired his his he has so many injuries like that's um well well the thing is like he's so big you would think he'd be so dominant but he's he's good but he's not great but you just think aside like man look at this monster here he has uh really he he relied on his strength he had monstrous strength uh he mm-hmm. literally lift people up not small people big people lift them up and forklift them carry yeah. them out um and but after yeah. No, go ahead. I was gonna say, like, he hurt his knee before and he had knee surgery, and then it took him a while to come back, and then he became Ozaki, and then he lost the rank. But there there's a gruesome video out there that you if you look hard enough, you'll find of him trying to lift someone up, and you see his quad muscle snap. Like it just curls up. So mm-hmm. um yeah, so he, he's pretty <laughs> done. I'm surprised he's lasted this long, let's just say. So yeah. But that's another thing in sumo that some people might not get used to. So the more wins you get in a row, the higher ranking you get. Like you're allowed to lose and stuff, but the more streaks you go on, that's a higher rank you get. And if you so, get a higher rank, like say you're an Ozeki, if you start losing too many matches in a row or too many matches, period, you can get dropped down. So it's not like you just get um like you mm-hmm. reach Yokozuna. I'm Yokozuna. Like if you get Yokozuna, I'd be like, I retire. I'm done. I reach Yokozuna. You're not supposed I'm to out. do that. That's why. That's I know. one of the things that you determine. <laughs> That's one of the things that they, there needs to be a unanimous vote in the council to promote uh, just the elders to promote uh, someone to, to Yokozuna. So it's pretty hard to become Yokozuna, actually. Yeah. So that's one thing you might hear about that. Like, oh, he lost. He got demoted. What did that mean? Well, it's kind of like in soccer, like you get the Premier League. But if you lose that term, you're the, the lower yeah. rankings and you get put down to the other leagues, you know? And that's kind of how that's exactly how sumo sumo is. If you lose mm -hmm. too many in a row, you get dropped down. If you lose too many, if you have a losing record in a tournament instead of a winning record, you can get dropped down. But if you have a winning record, win a bunch in a row. So you always get moved down and dropped down. If you so if you if so there we're talking about an upper division, right? I think the regular divisions only have seven or seven days of sumo. Yeah, um, seven days or not or seven or nine. I can't remember. But the top division has fifteen days. Mm-hmm. So you need an eight wins to get promoted. So if you get seven wins, you're getting demoted. If you do really bad, like you only get one win or four wins, so you get demoted more. Um, if you mm-hmm. get eight wins, you might only go up one rank. If you get like 10 wins, you might go two ranks up, right? Um, mm-hmm. 
the only difference is Ozeki is the only one where I think you get like if you lose like two or three in a row, then you get a warning. Like they call it Kadoban. Whereas like, oh, mm-hmm. if you do get another losing record, you can get de- demoted. Um, that's how it is. And you can't say I got hurt, blah, blah, blah. They just count you as losing all the to- all the fights. So <laughs> yeah. So really it's really interesting. Sumo is a very interesting thing. I've been watching it since I was in probably middle school. That's when the in America ESPN would like put would buy episode not episode would buy tournaments and put them on like Saturday mornings or Saturday afternoons or Sundays and stuff. Just a weird time. You just be flipping like oh shit sumo. So I, that's how I got into watching sumo, real sumo, not the I don't want to say like it's not real, but the world championships and stuff they have in Long Beach. Yep. I like watching old school guys. Not professional. They just call it for professional sumo. Grand sumo. Okay. Grand sumo. Grand sumo is what sumo. they call it. Yeah. So all sumo. I think it's in Japanese. I th- I think it's really cool. It'll be really nice. It'll be really it'll be neato if this does help out sumo popularize it. Uh I know some people when they first see this drama are gonna be a little like weirded out to see how real Japanese and real sumo culture is because they're they're not sugarcoating it. All right. This is legit stuff here. But this might get people more interested in getting to sumo. And this goes now into what if we had a judo show like this? Would this work out? This was a judo show that was either American or Japanese about a guy that maybe a down and out karate guy or a down and out grappler. Maybe someone that used to be an old judo player, not old, but like had a really good young career, kind of stopped in high school, but got back into it. And I'm just pitching stuff, just spitballing. Maybe he gets picked up by a a company or something. So do do you think, so I think. This is why I was surprised when I watched the first few episodes of Sanctuary. It was because in the first mm-hmm. few episodes, they already show how brutal the training is and the hazing that goes on. I'm like, yeah. at first I was like, man, the, the Sumo Association is okay with this and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> then I'm like, you know what? They probably think like, yeah, like, like, like <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, it's kind of like those judo clubs that are like they they pride themselves on how hard they train and how there's blood on the walls and people get hurt mm-hmm. all the time how hard they train like i'm like from an outsiders like that's messed up but they for <laughs> to them it's probably like yeah we're badass you know <laughs> like yeah badge of honor ah we break fingers every day we break fingers yeah so it Plus could it be like that. once a week <laughs> it could be like that or they're just like well, Sumo's really pretty popular. This will just make it even more popular for viewership. Maybe not for mm-hmm. training, but not not to recruit people. But it might get more people to to view it. Um, so uh, there there's that. So I'm just wondering, would if they came out with a similar show with a similar plot for judo? Let's let's assume Sanctuary. Let's assume Sanctuary was about judo and not sumo. Like this, mm-hmm. we didn't have a show about sumo before, uh, and we had judo straight up. Like, do you think that would help? I would think like people would be like, wow, they, they actually do those, do that to kids. Like they actually make you like do all this messed up stuff. Like I would not be turned on to try judo at all. There's, and I will say this, there are no kids in the show. The kids scenes, they don't show any kids. This is adults, yeah. adults doing judo, adults doing sumo. It's kind of making me judo. The adults doing sumo. Even the actor that's supposed to be playing like um, early 20 year old guy. Do you know how old that actor was? I, I looked it up because I wanted he's to like 40, like, right? He's 37. Yeah. This boy's 37 and playing it just out of high school kid. Get the <laughs> out of here. All right. Well, they, if you look at the sum, big sumo wrestlers in high school, they're pretty big, you know, just like the big judo players in, in high school. They're pretty, they look like, <laughs> they look like they're, they're, <laughs> yeah, huge. Yeah. But it's just a thing that I, 
I hope this most promotes sumo and stuff. Maybe it gets more pop in Japan. Maybe it goes more pop around the world. And if we had something like this, that if it was a Japanese-based show, would it be like, oh, is this Japanese training? Is it is it the same in the U.S.? Will it get people interested in going to a dojo? Because we can't do that kind of stuff in the U.S. You know, that's there. Sumo has legally. been growing. Well, sumo has been. Well, you're talking about the hazing, but sumo has been growing in the U.S. Yeah. There's more clubs opening. I've seen it. Some of my friends train there, um, mm-hmm. and. I, I know Americans would love it because they like action. Like think about yeah, how neat. short, think about what happens in American football, right? It's short mm-hmm. burst of action and, and sumo is pretty close to American football. I'm going to say, I'll ignore the throwing the ball part, but the, the defensive <laughs> linemen, the and defensive the linemen, yeah. And the pat and charging the, each the grass, other and the field defensive linemen <laughs> charging each other like mm-hmm. that. And the, like short 20 seconds of action, it's pretty similar to sumo. So I, I think that's actually why um, uh, it's it's grown in popularity, and why hasn't it grown in popularity this whole time? Uh, like before that, I think it's because of the rules. Like it was really unclear what's happening. Like I remember while at first I'm like, wow, it's still they're still staring off. Why are they going back to the corners? Why are they sprinkling salt over and over and over again? Why are they like lining up? Um, why are they doing the whole 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 um, rings thing? And why are they stomping? Why don't they just charge already? Why is this taking eight minutes? You know, like uh, so, I love that. I love no, I love but, the little dance part. It's like one of my favorite parts yeah, of the single match. No, now now that I understand why they do it, and also mm-hmm. when when I started to understand when it clicked for me is when you you see no false starts where they had to reset mm-hmm. because someone charged before. Like it's a whole mind game. That whole staring yeah. down thing. It's like look at their stance you're also getting practicing kind of like uchikomi's like getting ready on um how you're gonna attack plan of attack and then when you do sometimes you fake it the other try and get the other guy to false start so you can see what he was planning to do in the first place so now it's like okay is he gonna do the same thing or is or like it was that a fake to get me to do this or so it i learned to appreciate that a lot and then you understand the rules like at first I was like, Oh, I didn't know the slapping on the face was like that. Like, I knew it was allowed, but I didn't know it was like that. So well, there, there was an old saying that before MMA sumo was the most brutal martial art there was to do. I still because, think, I still think sumo was more brutal than MMA, like personally. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's just, that's what the old saying was like that sumo, like the old day they said the most brutal martial art was sumo. Cause you got guys that are weighing, 200 plus pounds or 300 plus pounds going at each other full blast, no pads, no braces, not supposed to wear braces, I believe, no pads, no braces, going full full blast at each other with their bodies. And they're allowed to open hand palm strike this out of each other. Yeah, I believe basically. And are headbutts still legal or are they illegal? Well, I think it's technically illegal, but there's no benefit to doing it. Uh, so there's, as far as I know, the only okay, thing it's the whole not- thing of like, to me, it's just when you go head first charging, that kind of stuff. I yeah, mean. it happens. And you see people yeah. get knocked out that way. So the yeah. only thing that I know that's uh, illegal, as far as I know, is uh, sm- uh, small joint locks, like finger, man- mm-hmm. finger lock, joint locks from small yeah. finger manipulation, um, grabbing the top knot and mm-hmm. uh, closed palm strikes. Yeah. Which, honestly, I don't think there's any better. <laughs> like um, <laughs> the rule itself. Like, yeah, so th- it's pretty pretty brutal it's common to see blood everywhere um yeah but yeah i i just think if you understand the rules then you're like oh wow this is freaking cool like um 
and they didn't do a good job of explaining the rules in the past because Japanese being Japanese, you know, they they take down anything that's like promoting their culture, basically. <laughs> like uh if you if you guys play games, you know what exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Nintendo. Um, if you watch ma- read manga, you know what I'm talking about, like the way that the licensing stuff are it's just backwards. They're saying they don't want and also if you buy self if you're in the nineties and to early two thousands, you try to buy Japanese cell phones, so you can't buy it. Mm-hmm. Like even now you can't buy Japanese cell phones if I wanted to buy one. Do you need a Japanese address to buy one? Like hmm. without going too far in topic, I, I was thinking about going to Japan in October. Hmm. If you want to use the the mobile function of using the transit pass, um, mm-hmm. you have to have an iPhone because it has a special chip because Apple only makes uh, one version of the iPhone that gets shipped throughout the world. But if you use Android, you have to buy a phone from Japan to use the mobile function. There's just this Japanese is always like, we're going to do things this way. And then you guys can't have it. <laughs> like, it's really <laughs> weird. Like, um, so even well, sumo, like, I th- well, yeah. it's like old school where like, you had to, to play a Japanese video game on your PlayStation. You need to get a Japanese PlayStation, you know? Yeah. Even up to so, like PlayStation Three, like yeah, Region One, Region Two, all generation or all region. BS, I don't want to turn know? it into like the whole uh, <laughs> talking about uh, Japanese businesses and corporations being backwards in terms of uh, fair use and um, and licensing structures and stuff. But uh, basically, I think it was when Twitch and Reddit came out, and someone post. I think for me, it was someone posted about a, a brutal clip on um, uh, MMA subreddit. And I saw it. I'm like, wow, I didn't know they can do that. And then um, someone started streaming uh, regular sumo tournaments on on Twitch. And then NHK started to have this uh, Grand Sumo highlights where they explain the rules and all that kind of stuff. That's when I started mm-hmm. all that combined and started to appreciate sumo. And I noticed every everyone else's started to watch it. So mm-hmm. uh, that that exploded its growth. And I think if you want America to be popular that with judo. No one says you have to have a homegrown judoka to homegrown. Well, clearly we have few Olympic medalists that didn't grow judo, but if you're talking about making a show, I don't think it has to be a show. You just have to show uh, international sumo or Japanese international sumo. I'm doing what you're doing. International <laughs> judo or um, uh, Japanese judo and make it more palatable and explain proper present it properly to the culture. Uh, to 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 the audience, um, in a in a good way, and that's what the Grand Sumo highlights did was that they cut out all the the stalling and showed just the highlights. So you can do that with sumo, um, no sumo with judo, with judo, <laughs> with judo. But I'm not talking about just hi- highlights you see on YouTube. I'm talking about people explaining the grip fighting and like what's going on and like why this wasn't a score, that was a score, and then like the rivalry that happened between. Um, all this and then like even the Teddy Rainier drama that we just talked about like mm-hmm. why what's the impact on that why is that a big deal like um, all this will work and then I think combining that with the drama series because that's the next thing you want to talk about was the F1 drama right well, like yeah so um, so if we made Sanctuary Judo edition Sanctuary Judo so that'd be great that'd be fantastic to make it into a drama to grow to grow Judo but something that has been effective in growing a sport here in the U.S. that's huge in Europe, it's big in Asia, but it hasn't really caught on in the U.S. even though it's been around for years. And I I like watching it, is Formula One, and this is another Netflix show 
called Drive to Survive. And this is an all access backstage look at Formula One racing. They have cars, they have a camera in the cabin and stuff. They have like backstage stuff, people talking. They have things about people talking about their uh, contract and who they're going to get next season, what they're going to do next year. Like it is like seriously, like really super in depth. And because of this show that's being so popular on Netflix, so popular in the US, the F1 actually had a uh, had a meet in, God, I want to say it was Florida. I'm not sure where it was exactly off the top of my head now. But actually, had it's, a meet uh, here. Austin. They, they had one in, in Austin. Was it Austin? Ago. They had one in Austin, and yeah. they had a they had another one in Long Beach. I think it was. Well, that's well, that's that one. But I'm telling there's another one they had. That like, was a different one. But yeah, they have the Long Beach one every year. Yeah, there is that one. But I think there was a big one they had in Florida. It was like this new. They were in the Circuit bridge. of Americas in Austin when I lived there. So yeah, but um, but so, so they had this show, and it's like really blowing up F1 racing here in the U.S. It's making it more popular. People are staying up late because that's one thing about just like judo. They don't care about what the time is in America. The race happens in Europe at the time it happens. The race happens in Asia at the time it happens. It happens, you know. So with a show that's like um, Drive to Survive, but based in judo here in the for the U.S. audience or for the English speaking audience, it could be translated in different other in other languages and stuff. Would that help grow judo worldwide, or at least here in the U.S.? That's always our main thing here because we're American based show. We're American based stuff. Would it grow judo here in the U.S., do you think? Because I know Anthony's been bringing stuff also. They have stuff similar to this in Japan already, but they don't translate it. They don't bring it outside to the U.S. It is only like for NHK or for them out there. You have to make it interesting. Like, uh, it doesn't matter if the idea is good. If you, the person make producing it doesn't make it interesting, then it's not going to be interesting. Just like most reality, it's basically what you're describing as a reality show. And a, yeah, lot, so of reality reality shows, show. a lot of the reality shows out there have fake drama. Like I, I'm not going to get into like um, Terrace House because there was a sad story there, but I, I don't watch Terrace House because of the fake drama. Exactly. But mm-hmm. the reason I pers- I grew up watching F1 um, abroad. Uh, it was popular in Hong Kong. The reason mm-hmm. I stopped watching it and lost interest many years ago is because of the, the stupid, again, there's the stupid rules. <laughs> like, but, <laughs> and, but unlike judo has stupid rules too, but unlike judo, I can, I'm, I, I can train judo at the local level, ex- ignoring those stupid rules. I can't drive an F one car. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can't. You didn't buy an F one car and just I can't drive just around buy an F one car and race around town. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's why I lost interest in it. Um, the rules, without getting too much specifics, is basically around um, the safety rules and the the um, what do you call it? The cars on the limitations on the technologies allowed to cars. Uh, I lost interest in it. I haven't watched it in decades. And then when the drive to survive, drive to survive thing happened, uh, I've, mm-hmm. I didn't watch it. Uh, cause I know exactly what was going to happen, which did happen. <laughs> what um, happened? What, what happened? If I remember correctly, that was the show where the first season they had, um, they, they showed all the open communications on the radio yes. and yeah. it showed how fucking incompetent they were. <laughs> and then they decided not Why to do you that curse again. so much language young man language <laughs> well you can see how much i liked f1 basically at one point um i'm like it's like a better divorce you know <laughs> but um yeah it, it just showed how dumb the they it, it was like how incompetent some, and how some of the rules in colleges made absolutely no sense and i think what was it lewis hamilton uh versus i forgot the guy's name max whatever like if you go back and read why that guy beat Lewis Hamilton, it was just stupid. And then 
it's just yeah so if that happens it would turn off people like me but to some people it's like oh wow this is interesting because there's so much drama then you're no longer watching watching it for the judo you're just watching it for the drama right but here's the thing about it if it get, if it does happen here's the thing about with f1 that's happened so far is that some of the things that come on the show and get showed put light on it and they're forcing the changes so in judo if more people were watching had more light on it would that force the igf to change or the refs <laughs> to change or make they'll change calls? it for the worse mm-hmm. is what i think it would be mm-hmm. <laughs> for worse. They'll, change they'll change it for the worse is what i think it will be so um yeah no i think I think I'm not saying no. If someone like if you, if it was up to me. Like, hey, we want to make a, a um, drive to survive thing, but for judo, I'll be like, yeah, if I, let's do it. Like, but um, uh, run door to survive. Yeah, <laughs> throw to survive. to survive. Throw to survive. That's what I'm going to label this episode. By the way, throw to survive. Um, <laughs> Anthony throws to survive. But um, <laughs> but I think we talked about any media. Is good. Like even the um, the the anime we talked about, I don't think it had much impact. Mainly because it's not that um because the 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 medium didn't work. It's because the show just did not attract the right audience. I guess. Mm-hmm. Like you need to make something like Haiku, like what I said, like I talked about before, like the shonen, like uh, what do you call it? Um, hot blooded. You springtime need, of youth kind of I want soup dragon borderline. ball and judo geese, all right? Exactly. So it's borderline <laughs> borderline or even o- over the line superpowers. Right? I need Make, I, I know kids are gonna like the one on Naruto. No, that's that's too old now. I need yeah. a what's that what's that anime with the guy that keeps the girl in his backpack? Keeps growing his backpack? Keeps the girl in his backpack. Keeps the girl in his backpack. I don't know what you're talking about. The one that the guy with the checkered, he wears a black and green checkered thing. I have no idea. Went to my, go look at older. Little Tokyo. Oh, to go, oh Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer. Get it? I need a Demon Slayer. Yeah, but that's not a judo. sports. That's not a sports thing. I'm talking know, about like popular. <laughs> I'm talking about slam dunk, like haiku, kuroko no basket, like all these. All all of them have like a whole one like camaraderie kind of uh, feel to it. Uh, mm. And then like teamwork and then like how to never give up, like all the, all the cheesy formula that works is there. <laughs> and then they pick this one because it's one of the few, um, I'm not saying I like, I love the anime by the way, but I don't think it was the right one to um, promote judo in, mm-hmm. in the international sense. So, um, I need great, great hockey, series. the grappler in a judo gi. All right. <laughs> I mean, I think Baki would be nice too. Yeah. There was a few judokas in there. Yeah. Well, I, one thing I love about Baki, this is me. You know, I love about Baki is how almost every character in the thing is based off a real person. That's what I love. When I first started yeah. watching and reading Baki, that's what I liked about it. But yeah, so this is just something that's out there. The Sanctuary show, it's fun. It's really cool. I, if you do check it out, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you, people don't get too weirded out by like how strict they are, the way they train or the way the culture is. This is just how Japanese culture is. It's how, like, you may hate to hear this, but it's kind of like how the Japanese judo team probably does the exact same thing, except we're on the mats and we're much cleaner. Mm-hmm. We're not rolling the dirt. <laughs> but 
would this help out if it was a judo thing? Would it get more people out doing? Yeah, judo? I want to hear what people think. Um, yeah, if if they made it's a sanctuary for judo, basically, yeah. or well, two questions, right? Sanctuary for judo, yeah. and then uh, throw to survive. So, what would do better with throw to survive? Do better, or would sanctuary judo do better? You know. <laughs> So, yeah, ima- imagine they did throw to survive and then they we get to hear the what the, the IJF refs talk about in the headset. Oh, I would <laughs> love that. I would love to hear what they're saying and talk about. I would about. pay a hundred I would pay a hundred bucks a year to, to watch that. So I would pay, I, I would pay it. No, I wouldn't pay that much. I'd pay a hundred bucks a year. I'll pay a hundred bucks and buy a year NFTs. And buy NFTs. Buy more NFTs. <laughs> For it. I would love to hear what the refs are saying in their earpiece. I was like, hello? Hello? Someone Say, uh, tell hello? me that Ipon Wazani. Say, is that Putin? <laughs> hello? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Delete that footage right now. <laughs> All right. So, Anthony, is there anything else you want to talk about Judo TV or Judo anime or anything else out there? No, I think uh, we, that was a long episode. We covered, we, like I said, even though I'm going to name this Throw to Survive, I hopefully... Hopefully, I guess it's kind of clickbait thing, I guess. But like, <laughs> um, since we've talked about other stuff more, but uh, yeah, I, I think this is the main topic of the episode anyway, so it's fine. Yeah. Well, I think I think this part of the episode is at least 40 minutes long itself. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. All right. So like always, please remember to like, share, subscribe. You can follow us at the Tommy Talk on Instagram. You can follow us at Tommy Talk on YouTube, our YouTube channel. You can also send us emails at the Tommy Talk at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram at the Jerry underscore one. You can follow Anthony on Instagram at Anthony Throws. You can follow us our new TV show, Throw to Survive on. No, I'm just joking. We don't have that. <laughs> we might trademark <laughs> one day, oh maybe. You don't know. We might produce it. Oh, speaking of we do- which, the, the, uh, the judo movie, you want to talk about that briefly? It's update. Uh, not really. I want to come out when there's more stuff about it out. Okay. All right. We'll yeah. Skip that. But that's but the, the, a little thing right there. If you don't know in the future, uh, we, ha- our dojo had a hand in training somebody for a new j- up and coming judo movie. When the movie comes out, we'll talk more about it. And when there's, when there's a trailer out, we'll probably talk, we'll probably talk about when the trailer full trailer comes out, I think, yeah. which uh, I think that'll be a good, re- that will be a good, uh, litmus test for whether what, what we talked about, uh, today. So, mm-hmm. all right. So, yeah, so uh, that's all there. I did all this, all of our hashtags and everything. All of our I don't ads. think we did, but it's fine. Everyone understands now. Did we? Yeah. yeah whatever. <laughs> Look for us to Tommy Talk, like always. All right. And with that, Anthony, don't forget to watch Throw to Survive.